I just prayed a prayer that if I asked Jesus to save me, um, that would be it and then I would have my ticket to heaven. But I never lived in the assurance that I was saved. Um, and so, yeah, throughout my childhood, Christ was always like a big part. I would always feel obliged to pray or read my Bible, and so I would. Um, but it was, yeah, throughout high school, I started to realize if Christ returned, I don't think I would be going back with him. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Well, we're shaking it up just a little bit. Instead of bringing in guest speakers and other teachers and former directors, we're going to start introducing you to some of our current students. So with us today is Hannah Whitaker, and I'm, I'm, I'm so self-conscious in saying it because you know, she, you'll find out real quickly why, because she's British, and whenever I am around a Brit, I'm very self-conscious in how I pronounce things. But she tells me that uh, I've done it right, correctly. So mm-hmm. anyway, hello, Hannah. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for doing this. I know that it's a little intimidating for the students, and I've been asking a couple, and, and everybody has been very gracious and says they will do it. And uh, Hannah, you're the first one. Tell us where you're from. Uh, so I'm from a little uh, farming village in England called Quorma. Um, it's just outside of Lancaster in the northwest. So oh. yeah. Okay, so you're kind of close to the Lake District then. Yeah, um, probably about an hour south of the Lake District. Um, if you know Cape and Ray Hall, we're 10 miles south of there. So yeah. Okay, so if you've been to Cape and Ray, you know where Hannah's from. Okay, well, Hannah, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about your home. Tell us about your family and uh, and the area that you live in. Um, so I'm the youngest child of three. I have um, two older brothers, Tom and Josh, um, and two parents, obviously, uh, mum and dad. And yeah, so we all live on a small um, beef and sheep farm um, in our village. And yeah, I've lived there all my life. Um, all my family's really close by. And yeah, it's all I've ever really known, to be honest. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, now you said you're 10 minutes from, from Cape Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, have you spent any time at Cape Henry? Um, so one of my really good friends, she lives there actually. Her dad is on staff. So in recent years, yeah, I've spent a lot of time um, being there with her. But apart from that, I haven't really spent a lot of time there. Although I do know a lot of people, um, my brother as well, um, who have studied there. So yeah, we have quite a lot of association. But um, personally, I've not actually been on any holidays or studied there no okay okay yeah. fine um yeah i've i've been there several times so i've been to your area it's a really beautiful mm-hmm. area we've we've always arlene and i've always enjoyed our visits there and and i've uh i've often wished i could stay a little longer just to see more but uh but we've, we've enjoyed our time there um what has been maybe uh, uh something that you didn't expect you know, as far as the, the culture change, is it something that was just, oh, I had no idea? Oh, um, I think a lot of people prepare you before you go at church. A lot of people will be like, oh, you, you'll have to watch out for this and um, everything. But I think I've been so shocked that we say so many words differently mm-hmm. um, in England. And I think it's funny that I never thought I would have to think about what I was saying. And so that's been one thing that I'll I'll say something and everyone around me will mimic me. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what have I said wrong? Um, but yeah, there's just slight differences. And that's just probably the biggest thing, I think. Do you have an example of that? Oh, um, 
I quite often say that like, oh, I'll, I'll post something like in, I'll post a package to my mum or something and everyone's like, you mean you mail it? And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, there's just little things like that and yeah, a lot of different things. Yeah, something I, I picked up on one time that I thought was hilarious. Uh, something else that we say that it's different, that if, um, if, if something is... Uh, is very comfortable mm-hmm. uh we'll we in america will say that it's very homey mm-hmm. but in britain what do you say we say it's homely yes yeah. it's homely and which is what's what do you know why i think that's funny oh something like is i don't know homely is like a negative thing yeah homely yeah. is 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 uh is something that's unfortunate <laughs> you know something you may see a, a dog you know walking down the road and it's very mangy or something he says very homely looking dog and then i just when i first heard that i thought that's hilarious this, that you know when you come to a nice place she's oh this is very homely <laughs> but you know but that's uh, that doesn't mean that we're right and you're wrong. It just means that's that's something that's we're different on, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it ha- and that's one of the fun things about torchbearers. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's an international community, and so I know as a student, I really appreciated that. You know, to to pick up on all these things and uh, and to talk with people from different cultures and and kind of get an idea of what they think about things. And and also, I found that it challenged me with some areas to just think through some things mm-hmm. in, in some in certain case, instances but anyway well that's 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 kind of uh that's fun to talk about though anyway yeah. when did you when did you become a believer um so i became a believer when i was 16 um in the summer of 2019 um yeah so i grew up in the church with um believing parents my brothers were always um as far as i was aware they were always believing um i went to church every week um i was really involved and um, I was very much under the idea that if I just prayed a prayer, that if I asked Jesus to save me, um, that would be it. And then I would have my ticket to heaven. But I never lived in the assurance that I was saved. Um, and so, yeah, throughout my childhood, Christ was always like a big part. I would always feel obliged to pray or read my Bible. And so mm-hmm. I would. Um, but it was, yeah, throughout high school, I started to realize if Christ returned, I don't think I would be going back with him. And that was a really scary thought. And um, yeah, it, it petrified me in all honesty. And so um, I would live my life in constant fear that mm. I was not doing enough and I wasn't a good enough Christian. And mm. um, yeah, and ultimately I didn't understand, like I'd, I thought I was a Christian and I was like, well, I don't know why I'm no different to how I was when I was younger. I don't see any difference. Um, But when I was 16, I realized that um, it's more than just saying that you're sorry. And it's, um, yeah, running to the Lord and turning to him. And um, yeah, it was just abiding in him. And so, yeah, I would say that I was um, saved when I was 16, although I'm not, yeah, I was always a part of the church, but that's when I really uh, came to understand what it meant to be a Christian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were around Christians growing up mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and like so many just assumed that you were. Yeah. And, uh, and then you were very active in the church. Did you, did you, were you consciously thinking that, you know, the more active I am, maybe there's, there's some assurance with that? Yeah, I okay. I really did. So I was in Sunday school every week and I went to um, all the kids clubs and everything. And my best friend was a believer and she would 
really diligently read her Bible and pray and I was just in adoration of her and so I was like well if I act more like her and if I if I do all these good things then surely I'll be good enough and I'll have yeah just made it and I'll have reached the pinnacle of Christian life and then Mm. I'll be good enough and then I'll get to heaven and and then I will be able to stop and rest and I won't have to do it anymore and so it was definitely yeah a list of to-dos that I needed to pray I needed to read my bible in the morning and I needed to put on this front of being perfect Mm. um because that's just what I assumed Christianity was just a checklist yeah we we can get really good at putting on the mask and playing the part yeah that's yeah um was there anybody friends or family that was surprised when you said that you became a believer at 16. Yeah, so I was actually at summer camp when I um, became a believer. And um, yeah, so me and my best friend Hazel, we were in the tent and I turned to her with just tears in my eyes and I said, Hazel, you won't believe it, but I just became a Christian and um, I'm saved. Mm. And she was so joyful. But I think, yeah, it was definitely a shock to her because she just assumed we'd had all these conversations about the Lord and we were both so active and both believed we were on the same page Mm. um yeah so she was definitely shocked and yeah my family too were um yeah I think I'd put on this mask my whole life that Mm. I was saved and I would try to act as though I was and so I think the majority of people around me probably were quite shocked um yeah I did everything in church I would share like what what I believe the Lord was teaching me but it was really just a load of nonsense and Mm. just things that I would hear other people say and I'd be like well that sounded great when they said it so I'll just say the same and yeah so I was up in front of people professing to be a believer but deep down I knew that it wasn't real and it wasn't genuine so I think yeah I think it was quite a shock to a lot of people um, really, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I would, I can see that. I would understand mm-hmm. that. Um, now, you know, that makes me think of what Jesus says in the Gospels. You know, when he says, you know, in that day there will be those who say, "Lord, Lord," you know, in your name did we not perform many miracles in your name? Did we not? And then there's a whole list of things that they say, did we not do these things in your name? And Jesus responds with, you know, depart, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And I th- always thought that was interesting because the lawlessness was all of these, these acts, all mm-hmm. these good things in Jesus name. And he says, the problem he said, then he says, you, I, I never knew you. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's, that's uh, sobering because we, you know, we, we can get so caught up in acting, playing the part, learning the rules. And, and really what's going on is we're depending on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so no different than anyone else, you know, we depend on ourselves. but uh, Christ is saying the important thing is that, that we be in a relationship that you know me. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we, we're not to be active in the things that you are active in, but those things should be the result of being his and not the way to be his and are to, yeah, yeah, you know, we're not like, it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, you know, but it, it's, but it's his mercy. It's, it's his work. And so, you know, I think that's a great reminder to people, but you know, it's not only true for the non-believer. But sometimes the same thing can happen with the believer. You know, Colossians 2, 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. 
And we have to remind each other of this, that we, we continue not in our own strength. You know, if it wasn't good enough before, it's not good enough now. We don't continue in our own strength. We continue by faith in Christ. And so, you know, thus, the, these, these are things that we really want to re, be reminding each other of. So, uh, that, so that was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what's life been like for you since then? Um, it's been quite challenging. I think I had this idea that um, when I came to Christ that he would take everything away from mm. me. And the year after um, being saved, so yeah, that year was a really challenging year. Um, I was dating this guy who I was like, oh, he's a Christian. It's a great start to my walk with the Lord that I'll be, um, yeah, with another believer and we can encourage each other. And it was it was a really hard time because there was a lot of challenges in that and um, and a lot of things that, that happened that shouldn't have or things that were said um, that shouldn't have. And something that I think I struggled with a lot growing up was um, like body image and that just got drastically worse And mm. in this time. And I think it was... So it got worse after you became a believer. Yeah. And okay. so I was under this impression that I needed to look different to be accepted and this was a really hard thing to to try and deal with now knowing that I I belong to Christ I am his and um yeah but still struggling with all of these thoughts um yeah and so it was a really challenging year actually um and yeah the the relationship ended and it was covid and that was yeah again a really difficult time being isolated from church and fellow believers but it was a time that I think was really valuable to me because it allowed me to um, just grow in him mm. independently and realize that I don't have to rely upon other people to know Christ more. I need to rely upon Christ um, himself. And so it was, it's been challenging. There's been definite ups and definite downs, but it's been yeah a great, great time that even in the suffering, I can rejoice knowing that I am his and mm. knowing that, yeah, he's working all things together for good, but that good isn't necessarily, um, my, like feeling happy or things going my way but it's being conformed to him and so mm. yeah it's been a great great time um i'm yeah it's been great i would recommend it to everyone but it's not <laughs> easy it's it's been a challenge yeah yeah actually you're referring to romans 8 28 and 29 yeah, yeah. you know that's that's incredible passage that we so often mi- misunderstand um or even abuse because in verse 28, you know, it says God causes all things to work together for good. And then we right away, we get fixated on that, you know, for good. Oh, well, the good will be that, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, that uh, God's going to change this to be like this. Or he's going to make me think this way or feel this way. Or he's going to take this situation away. And, you know, that's, that's not necessarily, that, that may be what he does, but only because that's part of his good. And um, what we think is good may not be good. Uh, it, it, it may not be what he's doing because the next verse, verse 29, tells us what his good is. And that's conforming us, like you, like you said, conforming us to the image of his son. That's God's good. And there's, uh, you know, there's nothing any better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his good. And it, and it fits with, with you know, what, what we've talked about in class, that if we've got to know the first, at least the first three chapters of the, of the Bible. Uh, and knowing this, then everything we learn for the rest of Scripture will line up with those three chapters. And, you know, one of them is that, you know, his good, you know, is the image of his son. Well, image should grab our attention because we were created in the image of God. 
And so when we fall in Genesis chapter 3, the Lord is faithful, starting in Genesis chapter 3, to bring us back to, that is our salvation, to restore us back to that which we have fallen from, his very image. So he's conforming us to the image of his son. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And something else you also said, you know, when, when you became a believer, you automatically assumed that, that things were just going to be good now. Mm-hmm. And that right away made me think of James chapter one, verse two. Um, I know that uh, Tyler read it to us this, this afternoon at lunch. Uh, and it goes, you know, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, not if, <laughs> but when. And, uh, and, and why is that? You know, well, it goes on and it says, and uh, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result. So we have to let what's being produced have its perfect result. You know, there's, there's nothing in there about us making this happen or that happen. And what is the perfect result? That we be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What is our perfectness and completeness? Well, Colossians 2.10 says, we have been made complete in Christ. And, you know, so I, you know, I, so often we think, well, I'm a believer. And, and so often, unfortunately, that is kind of how we explain things to people. If you put your faith in Jesus, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, that's, that's not the way it goes because we live in a fallen world and we're going to face tough times. We're going to face hard situations. But I like how you said that, you know, that, that um, I'm, I'm probably going to, butcher what you said, but it was something to the effect of that, you know, my, my joy, consider all joy, my joy is the conforming Mm -hmm. to Christ, you know? And so, yeah, I appreciate that. That's really a big lesson to learn, you know, uh, having just been a believer for a couple of years, that's, it took me for 13 years to come to that. So that's, uh, that's encouraging to hear. Um, Okay. So you are a student at his hill how did you end up coming here? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, my brother Josh, um, he studied at Cape and May Hall for spring school. So he was there for 10 weeks. And before that, I'd always been aware of Cape and Ray Hall. I, yeah, it was just something that we'd been aware of because it's so nearby and we know so many people involved. Um, so yeah, he studied there and I had never really thought about going to Bible school. It kind of just seemed like something that really spiritual people would do. Mm. Um, But I saw in him this drastic change that he just, yeah, he learned so much and I could see it as his little sister um, just in the way he acted and reacted. And I I desired that and I thought, wow, well, I have an opportunity. Um, So yeah, after I finished school, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so I knew I wanted to go to a torchbearers just because it's something that was familiar and um, yeah, we know quite a lot of people who've been to all over the world with torchbearers and so um, I looked them all up and made a list and I decided, I was like, I want to go for three months, I don't want to leave Europe um, and I definitely don't want to go to America because it's so far away and so I'm looking back now and to be honest, I don't really know why I came to his hill. Um, at first, it seemed like the worst place because it's so long and so far and so hot. Um, and so if I think about it that way, I really don't know why I chose his hill. But um, it just appealed to me because of what it taught that um, it's so Bible, Bible-centered and it's just so focused on Christ. And so 
yeah, that's that's the one thing that really stood out to me. And as I was um, as I was considering where to go, it just seemed like the right place, and I just had peace about it. So I applied, not thinking that I would get in. Um, and then yeah, Lizzie emailed me and said that I had a place, and so here I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, each center has its own. Um, its own characteristics it Mm -hmm. has its own uh program uh some are similar but not not i don't think any two are identical and so yeah that that is true of his hill there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of bible you get more bible in uh the nine months here at his hill more bible training time in the word than you do in a four-year bible college and so there's there's a, there's a lot of class time. There's uh, there's 23 hours a week of of uh, class time, and then two hours of discipleship where you're actually assigned to one of the staff, and you get to to choose that person. But you're actually with that staff person for two hours out of the week. So there's so, so there's there's 25. Um, am, am I getting that right? Um, yeah, there's 25. Um, scheduled hours so you know you're going to be in in the word or in discipleship in in some kind of training literally 25 hours out of the week and then on top of that there's uh there there is there are your homework assignments and there's your outreach which outreach are you in i go to comfort elementary school and um i mentor three children there okay Yeah. yeah are you enjoying that yeah it's really good fun um we spend 30 minutes with each child independently um and yeah it's just an opportunity for them if they're comfortable to open up about um struggles and they're all on the program for different reasons so whether that's um socially they're struggling or things at home aren't great so it's just a chance for them to um have someone safe to talk to if they desire that and if not it's just a time for them to have um yeah one-on-one time with somebody older so yeah okay that's good good. that's great and um so there's so you're very busy you know throughout the week yeah there's a lot of there's a there's a lot going on um now what dorm are you in I'm in Emmanuel. Okay, so yeah. those those alumni who've been in Emmanuel, you know where she is. Are you on the left or the right side? The right side, room three, the okay. big one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a lot of you will know where that is. Um, now, um, also with uh, just being here this year, you know, it's not it's not all classroom and it's not all discipleship. It's it's not all outreach. So, what are some other things that you've done this year? Oh. Um, I've done quite a lot of things, I feel like, yeah. Um, we've been to a few rodeos, which was really exciting, very not English. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been out to those and just, yeah, been all over really exploring and going for walks and all sorts, just, yeah, spending time with friends, really. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, you know, for those who have never been here, uh, His Hill has about 200 acres and we have in the Guadalupe uh, river runs along the, the 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 property, and so there's a lot of activities here that the students can get in uh, involved in because we also run a summer camp, so all of those activities are made available to the students. So there's the horses and the canoeing, and we have riflery and skeet shooting, and uh, there's a climbing wall, and uh, we have you know hiking trails, biking trails. There's a, there's a lot that they can do. We have a swimming pool and uh, and tennis courts, uh, sand volleyball pit. So there's a lot of activities here, 
but um, also we're only about 30 minutes away from the north north San Antonio so students sometimes like to go there to see what's going on we're only 15 minutes away from Bernie and uh, 20 minutes from Kerrville 20 minutes from Fredericksburg and uh, we have local students as well so sometimes our, our students get to go spend some time in local homes get to know some people in the area um, now talking about camp you mentioned to me that you are planning on being here for the summer. Yes, I am. Yeah, I've applied to be a counsellor for okay. this summer, yeah. Have you ever done anything like that? Um, I have been a junior leader on oh, okay. um, a summer camp, actually the one that um, I was, yeah, I became a Christian at. So okay. I've done that for one year, but yeah, I'm not... Not for the whole summer. Okay. But, yeah. Are you, are you gearing up for the heat? Yeah, I think it's the one thing that I was the most reserved about. Like, oh, I don't know whether to stay. I might melt, but um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah, I think you told me that the hottest you've really ever experienced has only been around thirty Celsius. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Which is um, is that a hundred Fahrenheit? Let's see. No, that's 90. Yeah, yeah. it's not quite 100. Yeah, yeah. So not quite 100. So you haven't experienced 100 yet. Okay. Well, you probably will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Charlie McCall used to always tell the staff, just the summer staff, he'd say, look, it's going to be hot. So dress to sweat and then you'll be okay. And uh, throughout the years, we've always found that that's, yeah, that's good advice. You know, if you, if you just expect that, you know, you're going to be hot then prepare for it and you're okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but you'll find that that summer will actually be a very rewarding time and, and, a, and a fun time. Um, okay, so now you've been here since September. Yeah. What are some things the Lord's done in your heart? Ooh, um, I think, yeah, so I came from England, which is um, six hours behind. So um, within the first week, I think I learned more than I expected to. Um, I, yeah, I physically couldn't do it. I was so jet lagged and tired and it was just this new environment that I'd never had anything like. I'd never been surrounded by so many people all at once and um, mm. not knowing anybody. Um, and so, yeah, from, from the very start, I think the Lord's just taught me about his sufficiency, that I am inadequate and I can do nothing apart from him. And so, that's yeah that was something that I really learned um very quickly but I think over the whole semester I just learned about abiding I think yeah abide is probably the word that could sum up the whole of the first semester really um yeah like John 15 um talks about abiding in him and that um for us to bear any fruit we have to be abiding in him and that that doesn't mean that we can produce fruit ourselves, but that we just have to rely on him and through through him we will be fruitful. Um, and the, the end of verse five says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think that's something that I struggled with. I was like, well, I can, like I can do, I can do my homework myself mm. or I can, um, I can do this like myself. I'm into the routine of it now. And I think, yeah, the Lord's just been reminding me so often, you can't do this, Hannah, you yeah you're inadequate and I think that's something that is difficult but he's just been reminding me so consistently that um it's nothing about myself but just about him so I think that's probably the the one thing that I've learned the most yeah good that's 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 really encouraging um you know there's I, I had a student ask me one time uh at a, another center another place I was teaching um come up to me and he says you're telling me that I can't do anything and are you, no, no, he says, you're telling me I can't do this. And I said, yeah, that's right. And his response was, yes, I can. I said, really? He says, yes, I can. 
I said, okay, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. You can do this, but you'll never do what we're talking about. You can be really busy and very successful and not do what we're talking about. You can go on mission trips. You can read your Bible. You can keep yourself from, uh, you know, from certain things. You can be active in the right things, but you still won't be doing what we're talking about. You know, I was, you, you know, we, we look at, at catastrophes in the world sometimes, you know, where there might be an earthquake, say, like in Haiti or someplace. And, and you know, it's interesting that Christians, Christian organizations will send in aid and non-Christian organizations will send in the same type of aid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the non-believer can do good things. But what's the difference? You know, the difference is that, you know, in, in Colossians uh, 1 verse 29, I think it is, Paul says this, I strive and I labor according to his power, which mightily works within me. See, the difference between the Christian organization that sends in the aid and the non-Christian organization is the empowerment of the work. And so what is, what is being empowered by man's flesh may be a good thing, but it's not a righteous thing. It's not a, an act of, of God's life, of his empowerment. It's an act of the flesh. So it's not a lasting mm-hmm. good thing. But what the believer does, if he is abiding, like you said, what he does becomes an act that is righteous. It is empowered by Christ. It is his life. You're, you know, we strive, we labor according to his power. It is his empowerment that brings about these things. And that makes it a lasting thing. It brings honor and glory to God, which is what we were created for. Mankind was created to show God. But that's only if God is the one that's showing himself. It's not if we're trying to show God. And so, yeah, that's, that, that's really, um, you know, I, I really rejoice when I hear students say that, that, that they're, they're, they're learning that, that they need to abide in Christ. And the word abide means to remain, to stay there with him. So that's great. Um, is there anything else that you've been learning? Anything else you've been challenged with? Um, I think I've been really challenged, especially this semester, just about um, the love of God, because I think I've grown up in a, yeah, a great church, um, but I think I've always been really concerned or um, wary of overemphasizing the love of God because I am always so, yeah, just afraid that I will water the gospel down or that I will um, believe that it's about me, that I'm loved. But I think, yeah, this semester I've just realized that that we are loved by God and and what that is and it's the purest form of love that there is and it's yeah self-sacrificing and all these different things and so I think yeah that's something else that I've just been learning and um it's out of love that we we are called to be obedient to the Lord Mm. and it's not because we have to or um yeah that it's something that's a bad thing but it's because we love him that we Mm -hmm. obey him and yeah just another thing that obedience is is what we're called to do and we should obey even when it's hard and when we have to make these sacrifices that obedience to the Lord ultimately is the best thing that we can do and he's sovereign over all and and he knows what's best for us and so yeah there's just just a few things no that's good that's that's really good that's great um what uh 
what would you say to somebody who was considering coming to his hill? What, you know, if they were kind of indecisive, what would you encourage them to think about? Oh, um, I think I just encourage them. Everyone would say this, but just to pray about it. And, um, and it's not necessarily that you make your decision based on how you feel. Um, like sometimes we will feel peace about a decision that we make, knowing that it's the Lord's will. Um, but sometimes we won't, and we shouldn't base our decision based on yeah on our feelings. Um, but just seek the Lord in it, and yeah, as we abide and remain in Him, that He'll make it clear to us. Um, but yeah, I I would tell them that I've loved it and that it's been. Yeah, just a great time learning more about him, but it's also been a great time of fellowship with other believers. And um, yeah, so I would I would highly recommend his hill. I think it's great. Um, but again, it's not for everybody. And that's something that needs to be recognized that although I've loved it, and I think the majority of people do, um, it isn't for everybody, but just seek the Lord. And um, one of my friends here reminds me that um, you can't direct a ship unless it's moving um, and in the same way we have to be taking steps forward and sometimes it'll just feel like the next step and sometimes we'll be confident that it's obeying the Lord but mm. we can take next steps knowing that he is sovereign um, and if it's his will for you to be here that he'll he'll open the door but if not um, you can take yeah, steps in confidence that he will close the door or he will yeah make you aware that it's not right. So um, I think it's so easy to over-spiritualize the decision, but just mm. make next steps and um, yeah, knowing that he will be able to control that and whether you decide you want to come or not, he will ultimately have his will done. So, okay. yeah. Well, that's great. I, yeah, I appreciate that. That's well said. Um, now, being so far from home, you said six hours at time yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, what what has that been more difficult or easier than you thought it would have been? Oh, in some ways, it's been easier. I think at first I was, yeah. At first I was like, this is going to be horrific. Like I'm never going to be able to get used to it. And I think it's hard. There's no doubt about it. But. Um, as you get used to being away, I think, yeah, in your head, you're always thinking, okay, well, I can call mum or I can call dad because it's this time here and so it'll be that time in England. Um, but it's something that is so good. And I think um, being away from home makes you realise how, or for me, I've realised how blessed I am at home. And um, I've just become more aware of that and that I'm so thankful and grateful for yeah the family that I have um but it's definitely this semester I think it's been a lot easier to be away from home um like yeah it has been a really good thing um it's hard and it's yeah it's difficult because there'll be times where you just want to be at home and you just want to have mum's cooking or you mm -hmm. want to be able to see someone or give them a hug or just yeah just to be with them um but it's definitely something that is making me rely on the Lord that, yeah, that my family might not be with me, but he is, and that's hard, but it's a good thing. And so it's definitely been hard in a lot of ways. I wanted to share what I'm going through or to just, yeah, be with them. But um, yeah, it, overall, it's, it's a good thing and it's been easier than I expected in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, uh, Hannah, I want to thank you for... Um, 
for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate your clarity and you know what it what it means to put your faith in Christ, and then also the, your clarity again in reminding us of the necessity of abiding in Him. You know, uh, as you have received Him, so walk in Him. Um, so you know that's that's really encouraging to meet somebody that is um, you're 18, right? Yeah. To meet somebody that's 18. That um, that ex- that experientially knows this truth and is beginning to articulate it as well. So thank you for being vulnerable like this and and just answering the questions and and telling us a little bit about yourself. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Um, I don't think so. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. Um, and uh, you know maybe we'll have you back as part of a maybe a roundtable discussion with some students, kind of thinking about doing something like that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the His Hill Podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and one of our current students, Hannah Whitaker. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Hannah this week and that her testimony was a delight and an encouragement to your heart. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him via email at kelly at hishill.org. You can also keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook for more Bible School updates. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. He is worthy of your heart. I'm Lizzie. See you next week.